Mainstream media is dominated by the right and the left. The majority in the middle are left without a voice. You've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. Oh boy, howdy and hello. I don't think I can start any one of these chats without screwing up a little bit, without uh, either not having my mic on or not the video camera. So today, you know, we'll see how I do. I already started off without uh, without my uh, software recording. So every time I do a little something funky to start these dang hanging with hippies off. Hello, Carissa. Hello, Mr. Mike Kinney. What is happening, everybody? I am excited. I'm pumped. I'm energized today. I'm feeling really good. And I hope everybody else is as well. And I thought of this chat, the reason I I thought it was perfect is because um, the owner of this platform that is allowing me, thank you so much, MJ, the owner of Indecent Disclosure um, chat platform, whatever you want to call it on Telegram channel. She is a former Division I athlete. She was a softball player. Um, right now, the, the name of the college isn't coming to me, um, but she competed in sports. And I've always been into sports all of my life. And I think that's part of our American culture. And sometimes when you look at politics and news, you really know something is piercing the veil of the broader public when it gets out into the sports realm, right? When it gets out, uh, breaks through into the sports arena, if you will, to use that word. Well, recently, over the past year, I've seen anomalies, and I've wondered if the normies that are going along with mainstream media narratives, if they are seeing, if it's piercing through, if they're questioning things. And I was wondering how much of sports will come into play for this great awakening for people to kind of come to their senses on common sense uh, within the COVID and vaccine narrative. Um, there's MJ right there. As I was uh, just telling everybody, MJ's a Division One athlete. I'm super into sports. And so that kind of made me think about this. Um, MJ, throughout your life, haven't you seen it interesting when uh, political, uh, political items pierce the veil, go into sports, and that's when you know they've really captured the nas- the nation's conscious consciousness. Well, yeah, it, I mean, something along those lines, I don't know what you guys talked about before I just hopped on here, but um, those football or soccer players in the UK, I think, that are dying. Yes. Right. Yes. And we'll, we'll, Um, we'll get to that, but just in general, like throughout your life, you've been into sports your entire life. Um, have you, have you witnessed that where, where, you know, something's a really big popular, um, uh, narrative when it pierces through and it starts to affect sports or people in the sporting arena start to discuss something in politics? Well, when I played was in the mid, well, college was in the mid nineties, early two thousands. And I wasn't really personally when I was that young involved with politics in general. However, 
as I got older, um, when I was done playing, I coached, coached in the high schools um, for a long time. And in terms of politics in the schools, I mean, if you're going like lower level politics, um, 100% it affects sports. I mean, all the way down to, you know, who's, whose kid plays if the kid if the parents on the school board you know or if the you know the athletic director is you know has been there for a really long time and um you know he's got certain families that have grown up through the program and he you know chooses them or gives them favorism in that way um so in that realm that's definitely politics within the school the higher level of politics in this the school you know not so much directly. However, now fast forward to, to now this year, the entire um, issue with the mask mandates um, and the reason why those schools slapped them back on so fast when Pritzker, you know, made it a law mandate whenever it was in um, September, a hundred percent, because the only reason that the schools claim to follow the mandates is because they're going to lose their credibility to play college sports. They're going to lose their funding from yeah. whatever it is that they're going to use, you know, lose so, their accreditation. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So, so as I've gotten older, as I've gotten older, it's sort of, yes, come into play as a young kid. Eh, wasn't really paying attention to be where, where I was really going with that was, was where uh pop culture um, or political culture, excuse me, and items of the day kind of pierce through into sports. Like, you know, you can think of the icon, uh, the, iconography, if that's the word, of, you know, the black athletes um, during World War II uh, or in that in that era, uh, raising the fist in defiance um, at the Olympics, you know, uh, things like that. And what I'm wondering and why I started this chat, um, and it's very uh, laid back and leisurely, so if anybody wants to chime in, please chime in. But what uh, MJ brought up is something that I've seen um, and there's a cognitive dissonance, and I'm wondering if it's going to start piercing through uh, the normie, as we might call them, the people who you know are just following the mainstream narrative. Where I mean, how many things do they need to see before they start waking up a little bit and shaking some common sense? For example, where uh, the majority of people, I think, at least in my circles, are into sports. And uh, football in particular is huge in Europe. And when I say football, I mean soccer. And we have seen a five-fold increase in players dropping from cardiac events on the soccer pitch. And in my life, just anecdotally, what I remember in terms of sports and an event like that would be Hank Gathers back in the 90s. Um, shoot, it might have even been, yeah, I think it was right around 91. Um, Hank Gathers dropped and he died on the basketball court. It was such an impactful moment. I remember it to this day. And it, he was on a popular team. Everybody was following. Well, fast forward in my life, I, I can't remember another time when I'd seen somebody drop um, while playing a sport um, and passing away. Fast forward to this year. It's now become commonplace to see athletes on the soccer pitch in Europe drop and fall over, some of them dying. It started with Christian Eriksen. Um, Sergio Aguero, a big name, was forced to retire uh, because of heart ailments. And I thought that that was interesting, and I would ask my normie friends, hey, do you see that? 
and they would explain it away to, to as cognitive dissonance, just as, oh, it's some anomaly. Well, it keeps happening, and these athletes keep falling down due to cardiac events. And I, and I looked up a couple statistics, and it's, it's very interesting um, because when you look at the statistics— uh, I think there was an article from Frontline, America's Frontline Doctors, and they said that since December, so they're talking about December of 20, uh, 20, uh, 2020, uh, there's 183 professional athletes and coaches that have suddenly collapsed with 108 dead. And that's only in um, the realm of soccer and FIFA to be specific. Now, they broke it down and they figured out that on average, that number, it is actually commonplace to have players um, die of incidents. But that number is four or five per year. And they looked up official numbers, and according to the so to stay on the same statistics, this, this uh, fact body found that 21 players had died so far this year. So that's still, even using conservative numbers, not the one that um, the frontline doctors used in terms of 80, 108 dead. If, even if you'd only said 21 players have died in 2021, that's still a five-fold increase. I followed that thread forward, and I, I found this guy. His name's Sanjay Sharma. He's the UK's leading sports cardiologist who works with the FA as well as a number of Premier League clubs. And in this article, Sharma basically says, is there an issue? He doesn't basically says this is a quote. Is there an issue? Are these people being tested properly? Is the game doing it? Is there something in the air to cause an increase? I'm keeping an open mind, he says, but my feeling is that probably a statistical cluster rather than something on the rise. So through no scientific method, through just some doctor, some professor bullshitting, uh, even, even theorizing that there might be something in the air, he just says, oh, it's a statistical cluster, no need to look any further. I also found a quote in another article where this same professor, remember, he's in charge of, of uh, cardiac, um, he's the leading cardiologist for the FA, that's the, uh, that's the Federation of uh, Soccer in England. And he is quoted as urging Premier League footballers to get jabbed against COVID-19 because he feels that that's the best way to protect against the pandemic. So on one hand, you've got him theorizing that, oh, something could be in the air. No, no, it can't possibly be anything to this. It's just a cluster of events. Meanwhile, us as normal people, I mean, I'm not crazy, right? We see this. M MJ brought it up at the beginning of this before I even mentioned it because she had seen uh, these footballers collapsing. And yet these People who are put in positions of influence, instead of sounding the alarm bells and instead of saying, whoa, we really need to look into this because what's different? Hey, dummy, it's not something in the air. What's different? COVID-19 and the vaccines is what's different right now compared to his history with these athletes. By the way, our most top fit 
people on the planet just dropping uh, all of a sudden due to cardiac events. Sergio Aguero, who was late in his career, I think he was 30 some odd years old, all of a sudden being forced to retire because one game he couldn't catch his breath. And they say all in most cases, the cause of the collapse are heart related, including myocarditis, pericarditis, heart attacks or cardiac arrest, with the second most prevalent cause being clotting events. Now, we're in the know, so we also know that, oh, geez, that is the exact same list that we all see on the VAERS reporting for bad incidents from the vaccine. So once again, why are the official people who are charged with protection of these players' health continuing to promote the jab, even in the face of these very strange circumstances? And it's what I want to pose to you today, because I, th I see this as an opportunity to break through with our neighbors, to break through with our normie friends at work that are going along with this line and they're just not looking one layer deeper. They're not using common sense and application. It's possible we can use these stories to just ask questions. Because if just right there where I where I went to what's top on the VAERS reports on vaccine injuries, right? We all know it's clotting events, myocarditis, pericarditis. And now all of a sudden we're seeing a spike in these events happening to our professional athletes. And they say there's nothing to see here. And I I've got more I've got I've got more ready but I wanted to open it up because my thought process behind this hanging with hippie chat was kind of to discuss ways that we can use this information because in all in full disclosure I've proven to be terrible talking to my normie neighbors and friends. I've actually lost friends. I've got neighbors that won't talk to me. So I, I will not give advice on this topic. I keep trying. I keep trying, but I keep failing. And so I'm curious if you think this sports tact, uh, taking this sports outlook, which a lot of us share in common, um, is a good way to try to get people to start questioning the narrative a little bit more. Yeah, so if I could say one thing, because I'm going to have to just um, put it on mute after I say this, because I have to walk my parents out the door. But um, it's the perfect, I mean, not, not perfect in a good way, but when this stuff comes out about, you know, basically the whole agenda behind, you know, that COVID was, you know, whatever, basically patented and created and put on us just because the vaccine, yada, yada, we know this. But when this comes out and it will be through these major athletes and the people um, in, the, in the limelight, the heroes, right, when they start to die, when it becomes obvious that this was orchestrated by these evil a-holes, um, that is definitely not going to be a long shot for them to now believe there is, for example, election fraud. So this, yes, to answer your question, 100%. Um, I don't even think there's going to have to be much conversation about it, to be perfectly honest with you, because I think, you know, it's going to go fast now. That's that's my thought on it. So um, absolutely. And then, yes, I believe that if people believe this, they're really way more easily going to believe anything else which is a bonus for us because we don't have to explain so hard. They can just see it. Yeah, and, and 
the more our sports athletes, these are our heroes, we hold them up high, right? The more that they start to question the narrative, the more that it will help break through um, to these normies and neighbors and people that are struggling to question things themselves. Um, and, and I just find it terribly interesting. I went back, I wanna show you guys, um, I hope that the audio, I'm gonna crank it up in my studio, so I hope it comes through. Um, but this is Jonathan Isaac. Uh, he is uh, a, pl a basketball player for the uh, Orlando Magic. And this is from a press conference where he's talking about natural immunity and why he's not vaccinated. And I was surprised at the time, this was back in September, and I was surprised at the time that this didn't break through to more people. And I felt like it was silenced a bit because of just how um, he, how well he puts things. He says things in a way that I am just not capable of. And I always thought, wow, I, I, I wish more people saw this. So I'm going to play this for you guys because I think it's important. It's, it's a bit long. It's nine minutes. But he really cuts to the heart of mandatory vaccines and vaccine passports. Okay, hang on one second, because I think this is not coming through. So let me try to figure out why this audio is not coming through. Technical difficulties. Ding, 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 ding. All right, talk amongst yourselves. I'm having technical difficulties. You know what? That we'll just uh, we will forget about that. We'll just call that um, more technical difficulties for the hanging with hippie that I've got to figure out as we get this studio. This is only episode three, uh, week three of hanging with hippie. We've got many more to come. I will have to figure out why my board is not blasting that audio so that you can hear it through my microphone. Um, and at this at this point, I'm going to bring my buddy, uh, Poetic Math, in. He's the only person I know that has traveled interdimensions and come back to explain it in an eloquent way. Because um, I want to talk next about something that's in the news right now. And it's another one of these sports news items that... Is, I think should be piercing through as 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 we get to the normies that pay attention to sports, but they don't pay attention to politics. This is a huge issue that highlights the absolute insanity of COVID passports um, and vaccine mandates. And it is Djokovic, who is the best tennis player in the world, some might say ever, right now at his prime, he is the reigning Australian Open, Open champion, and he was just denied access to Australia to play in the tennis tour in, in, in the Aussie Open. Um, and it's a wild story. I, I've read up on it a little bit, and I know my friend Poetic Math has read up on it a little bit. Uh, Pomo, help me out. Why don't you try to set okay. set it up for people so that we understand exactly what's going on in this in this situation? 
Well, first, if I could just just jump in because I got into it a little bit late, but I caught the last part of that thing um, you guys were discussing. And I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think that there's a bit of wishful thinking to think that this is just going to be some easy thing that normies are going to see and wake up to because there's a very powerful force that. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that, Pomo. We're having all kinds of technical difficulties. I was trying to turn your volume down and I muted you. All right, go ahead. It's going to be very difficult because. Oh, um, it might be a little more challenging because they're using a very powerful weapon that in this has been documented throughout this so far is that it doesn't matter if you can see and obviously like it's very common sense to think okay what is different now why are why have 21 or however many it is footballers dropped in this past year when before what's the difference oh is it the vaccines and covid yeah i mean there's there's something and you know what they say though is that's just anecdotal that's not uh we don't have a double blind gold standard study to prove this out and that's what they've been doing all along with all of this narrative and then so they're 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 able to like kind of debunk any thing they want to deem that's counter to the narrative by just saying well this isn't this hasn't been you know found through these these gold standards that we require to actually prove cause and effect um and you know i think that's the challenge for the normie then is that you've got okay yeah i've seen these soccer players on the field that's strange but then they turn on msnbc and they have the professional there or cnn or whatever it is that they're getting their news from who's up there saying well this is uh you know, this just isn't, um, you know, we don't have any conclusive evidence to say that this is uh, causing because of, you know, happening because of this. So don't look here. Don't look here. Don't worry about this. But we'll get back to you when we do have a study that shows what's causing this, you know. Yeah. And, and, and that's been the, the cycle. And I think that that's a, a difficult narrative for uh, the normie who's not willing to kind of do critical thinking for themselves and use common sense to kind of break through. They're, they're you know, they're being bombarded by that. Yes, I mean they're they're using the conflation of data um, with studies, and they're basically sending that to their fact fact checkers. And the official blue ribbon fact checkers are able to say, "Well, nothing's been proven or conclusive." Actually, Professor yeah. Sanjay Shukamakabaku, who's in charge of the FA, says it might be something in the air. <laughs> it's like I yeah. I mean how can that be quoted? How can a serious person actually say that in a newspaper prints it and they don't say uh they don't challenge that that this professor this head of cardiology for the entire FA in England so all the sports leagues says that it could be something in the air. We don't know and we're not going to study yeah. it so we'll never know. It's it, yeah. it, it's it's maddening. So what, give me the rundown on what's going on with Djokovic in um, Australia. Oh, yeah. Basically, he's out. Um, you know, he's back home in Serbia and he uh, was not allowed to play. And 
the interesting part there, and this is where I really think it's uh, where where I find the most interest in this story. Well, is hang on, before that... before you get to the Supreme Court, people might not know about it. Let me let me set it up. Then um, he's yeah, going yeah. to play in the Australian Open. They uh, they say they didn't arrest him, but they quarantined him and they denied his passport because he was not vaccinated. He challenged that um, ruling, um, claiming a religious exemption. And he won. And the court said, okay, that's a valid religious exemption. You can play. And then the um, the sports, uh, excuse me, the whatever the minister of the interior, uh, I, I can't think of the exact minister is, used his yeah. authority to say, no, you can't come in. I, I, I'm I, whether it's uh, homeland security type uh, or immigration type, whatever. The head of that bureau said, "No, you cannot come in." So then they sent it to uh, the Supreme Court again, and now we'll pick up with where you're about to go. Oh well, I mean that was kind of what I was. That's where I, you just basically said what I was going to lay out is that you know basically a judge ruled that he could play. Yes, and then the basically a, a the a parliament or an arm of the government came in and said, "No, we're not going to, um, you know, we're not going to abide by that judge." Which I I just think that's an interesting setup, and and again, the part that I find interesting is is the difference between what we have here in the U.S. So the way I think about it is almost as if we know we just had the Supreme Court shoot down the Biden uh, vaccine mandate or test. Uh, that went through, it would almost be as if then um, the White House, the executive branch came and said, well, you know, that's great that you guys found that, but no, we're still going to go with it. Go ahead. You know, and what you guys say doesn't matter. So, so the, um, but the way it, that it went through, though, is it did go back to the highest courts. It did go back to their Supreme right. Court. And then the Supreme Court did allow the Australian government and their argument. And and you and I had a conversation about this. You were the one that helped me um, send a couple links. And in that link, they, they literally said, the government argued that letting him stay risks making him an icon of free choice. And the courts agreed. And therefore, right. he could not be there. Yeah, it's... Pretty terrifying for the people of Australia, that's for sure. Now, on top of that, so, but, but again, so how much is this going? Is Normie out there who thinks, oh boy, this is a pandemic. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And, and even though all these vaccinated are getting the COVID, well, thank God for my jabby jab jab because it's protected me from serious illness, not even knowing that it was only a 1% chance of um, death or uh, what even a, a a significantly small percentage for most of the population of even any kind of long-term effects. So is the, are these sporting events, are these sporting anecdotes going to pierce the veil of cognitive dissonance? Because surely that's, that's ridiculous, right? That he had a religious exemption and now he can't come in because they don't want him to basically stir up the populace. Yeah, you'd hope so. But, you know, again, if you go and read all the the mainstream headlines from most of the press here in the U.S., they're cheering this on like like uh, 
you know, Australia is, you know, the champions of the world for doing this, you know, it's in, and again, if you're just a normie, who's not going to dig in and actually dig and find the article where they talk about, you know, what the decision was based upon, then you're not ever going to get to that, you know, place where you say, wow, that's kind of strange. They don't want people like thinking for themselves there. They just want them to follow these authorities and these 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 mandates that they're putting out. Uh, interesting. I, I just um, wonder how much of this, how much of this mainstream media even has holds power anymore. If you if we've noticed one of the biggest um, one of the biggest beacons of misinformation, CNN, they've never had ratings as low as they do now. Their ratings have just plummeted, and. And I'm just wondering, as social media becomes so much more powerful as a news source, there, there's the famous phrase, we are the news now, how much this starts to circulate and starts to change people's minds. One thing that's interesting, yeah. to, to your point, that I, I did see news articles where they, they basically held Australia as champions, champions of the righteous cause, the righteous cause of getting those damn unvaccinated people the hell out of here. And let's never discuss natural immunity over our glorious vaccine immunity. Um, just yeah. to follow that up, France announced a day later that they also would not let Djokovic into their country to play in their big tennis tournament, the French Open. And now America, people are starting to question whether he's going to be allowed in. It's it's absolute madness. And kind of to go with the theme that we talk about each week is it seems that the ratcheting up of restrictions continues in the face of more and more common sense data coming out. For example, um, and please, somebody challenge me if the vaccinated can get and can spread COVID-19, then why would a vaccine passport mean anything at all? Yeah, yeah it doesn't I mean, make any sense. Yeah, go go ahead, Mike. It, it there's, does. It does there's, right? uh, well, what I was reading about in yesterday with the, the mass formation psychosis and there's maybe 20% so demoralized they cannot be reasoned with and you're not going to reach them, but we have to keep talking about it for the 40% that are on the fence. Now, it, what I'm seeing is I know all these people from Wisconsin and they're so rabidly pro-vaccine, but they're also rabid Packer fans. And so I always wondered what this would have effect it would have on them in there with Aaron Rodgers. And they seem to be mostly ignoring it, but they're not attacking him either. Yeah, that's interesting. You're right. Aaron Rodgers, there's another uh, hero, someone we hold up high. And he's been very defiant, hasn't he, Mike? I mean, I think he came straight out and said, you can take your vaccine and shove it. Yeah, and he's like a demigod in Wisconsin, so I think that might have an effect. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Isaac, the uh, press conference I was trying to, I was trying to um, show, and I think I might have gotten my technical difficulties figured out. Um, he's not popular, right? He's a he's almost a fringe player in the NBA. But when more and more people like um, Aaron Rodgers come out, or Djokovic is 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 not allowed in a country to play in a tennis tournament. 
I mean, when are they going to wake up? And I'm I'm afraid of what's coming. I feel thankful that I live in the United States and that we we seem to be holding out and holding the line but at the same time the you can see the restrictions continue to move forward and they continue the drumbeat even in the face of clear common sense and i and one thing that concerns me um in and this kind of goes along with the sports theme is my friends that are into sports uh, there was a there was a recent um, there's a lot of vaccine passports in my area. I'm in Washington State, and they're starting to implement vaccine passports. And I've seen my friends not even understand that they shouldn't participate. Like the stadium should be empty, and and because they continue to go, and even though they're vaccinated, they don't even it doesn't even click in their heads that they should be protesting to support people like me. It's almost like they're just going along to get along, and I wonder what what percentage of society is is just still in this going along to get along. It's not affecting me yet, so I'm going to get my jab, I'm going to get my passport, and I'm going to move along. Sorry for those sons of bitches, those, those, those holdouts. You know, fuck around and find out. Too bad, guys. What when what does this tipping point? You know, is it is it Aaron Rodgers gets benched? You know, and and he throws a big stink. What 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 is this tipping point? Because I do see sports as this potential flashpoint where people start to wake up. Whether it's a a major sports athlete dropping dead of cardiac arrest, or an Aaron another Aaron Rodgers type, and next thing you know, they get together and they say, "Hey, we're all going to stand together, link arms." Um, but it shocked me. It's shocked me that you don't see more um, people standing in solidarity against these mandates. One thing recently that happened that surprised a lot of people was, do you remember the, the um, I believe she was a tennis star. I, I can't think of her name, but I believe she was Chinese. And she spoke out and voiced an opinion on something. And next thing you know, she was disappeared. Um, and she disappeared into China. And if I'm not mistaken, the, uh, the tennis tour um, stood their ground. And they said, we will not have any stops. We will not play tennis in China until we know she is okay. And that was a really big deal. But that's in the face of what everybody acknowledges as authoritarian um, communism. What's going to take it for them to realize that they're no longer they're no longer a free society in Australia? They're under totalitarian communist control in this medical state. I know that um, poetic math. You were talking to me the other day, and you were talking about the difference between democracy and decree. Wasn't that you? I was speaking with. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I was I kind of just had this like light bulb moment when I, uh, um, you know, was following closely this uh, Djokovic story and then how the, you know, uh, here we have uh, a bit of more balance with, you know, the, you know, between the three branches of government that can allow, you know, a authoritarian you know, executive ruling class to come in and just rule by decree and they can stop it where these countries, obviously, uh, I would say it's like pseudo set up that way in, in Canada and Australia. Yeah. And what do they have in um, common? They they've, they're under the crown. 
and it is yes. it is alarming. I know that Boris Johnson just announced today um, in the UK they are going to drop all mandates, and I believe he said they're going to drop uh, passports as well as government uh, mandated. So that I mean that's a yeah. huge that's a huge turn in the tide. Yeah, and I, and I I read that as well, and I think you know to your earlier point you were meant you mentioned about like you know what's the percentage and what is this and what is that i mean the difficult part i think we do have is that we have our media that is an extension in this arm of whatever this thing is this bad force that's you know controlling the narrative right and it it, again i think and i and i think you and i we talked about this several times where it's what i feel I take some solace and I feel positive still for the future and for the outcome is that I think it's like a, a game of, in a, in a war game where, you know, they know they're losing, they can't continue this, but they want to make it appear as if they are winning still, you know, and, and I always bring up the example of just look at the difference between Trump rallies and the numbers and the supports. And even to this day, I think you posted something the other day of the, the miles long, you know, uh, row of cars that, you know, were, were heading to the rally where, you know, you know, you, you don't find anything like that with the other administration. And then if you can even go in one step further, even if you go into like YouTube and you look at like likes and thumbs down, I mean, they've had to turn off the thumbs downs for, for they, they don't even show it anymore. You know what I mean? They're hiding and they're masking the real truth. And I think that is the case. I do think that the overwhelming people are waking up and it, but we're just being shielded from that and made to believe. Now, again, there's pockets of places and obviously where you're at in Washington, I was there before. It is more heavily concentrated of, of this sort of uh, insanity, uh, you know, that's you know, that we think is is more pervasive than it actually is. So I do think that there is something to that in that we're being fooled into thinking that they actually have the advantage or they have the uh, majority so that we we feel frightened to speak out. We feel afraid to talk about our perspective and how it's different than that. And and I think they've done a good job of of, of doing that and, and keeping the keeping the narrative going, you know, and, and, but that's where the like social media and telegrams and all these, you know, different outlets are sharing that. And, and to your point is that these mainstream medias it, look at the numbers. I mean, to back up what I'm saying is how would it explain then that their numbers and their ratings are dropping so hard? You have Joe Rogan who can bring an audience in every single episode that he has. That's like, I don't know the exact, but it's, it's magnitudes more than any show on you know, any of the mainstream media outlets. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's something to like, I guess, get some confidence and take some solace in is that we're not alone. You know, there are people out there that haven't dug yet, but maybe it's not as bad as it appears. Yeah. And one of the things, I, I don't want to call this pushback, but one of the things yeah. that's interesting when I when I was researching for this show, I know people listening might think, wow, didn't do a lot of research there, the way I've been fumbling through this particular one. But when I was looking, Google searches were absolute dog shit. 
Google searches had nothing. They, they, it is clear, it is so obvious now in this COVID era how much Google searches are manipulated, right? And they, so when, for example, when I was just trying to find the statistics that I knew existed, the articles I knew existed on FIFA European soccer players that have collapsed, right? Because it's in your face. It's every weekend at this point. It seems like somebody is dropping, somebody is collapsing. And there's been articles on it. Only thing you can find on the top page of Google is fact checks and stories about how it's not really happening, right? And it's bizarre. It's getting to this bizarre point where what came first, the government tyranny or the corporate fascism? So who who is this? Is this a power takeover of the technocracy? Right? Is this a takeover they're executing of our governments? Or is this government using the technocracy to implement what, this complete takeover and power grab? Do you, do you see what I'm asking? Yeah. And, and I, I think the answer is it's kind of happened together in, in both. And I mean, if you look at the last 30 years, I mean, you can, you can find evidence all along the way of, you know, government growing more corrupt. And, you know, all things consolidating into a certain type of narrative. Meanwhile, media, you know, also continuing to uh, consolidate into fewer and fewer uh, groups. Right. I think I mean, what is it? I don't know the numbers. I know it's it's really just a handful of it, yeah, corporations. I think in the, in the nineties, it was like eight. And I think it's down to six now of all major media. Um, it's owned by six. And, and, and if, if I had a fact checker in here, a truth or fact checker, it's probably less than six, you know, it's, it's probably right. the, the main, the main, the main ones are probably owned by three, but so, so what, what then, because sometimes I see this excuse by your Facebooks, your, uh, your Googles, right? And, and they say they, they don't want to fall out of line with government laws, right? So they don't, want to, they don't want to upset their license holder. But at the same time, it almost seems like they're influencing the very power that they're um, afraid of, you know, kind of like Facebook with their fake, um, their fake fact check groups, right? It's, it's almost like they're uh, who's the patsy in this situation? Is it is it Congress or or the or the tech groups? It's it's a very interesting problem that we see because they do seem to be falling in lockstep, um, ab, ab, almost like it's according to plan. Like for this WEF Davos crowd communist takeover, this global takeover for our global government that's going to be coming out, and it's a. Uh, it's terrifying. Now, if the UK has now dropped vaccine passports um, and they've dropped mandates, right? They also said at the same time in the same press conference that if companies want to institute them, they can. So, you know, go right ahead, corporate America, or excuse me, corporate UK. You can continue doing these policies if you want. They're just not going to be um, held from up high on edict. So, if the tide is turning, and and Pomo, you you spoke clearly earlier that you do think that the tide is turning. What what are the next signs going to be? Because 
uh, here in Washington, for example, um, the pressures just keep ratcheting up. And we're, uh, for example, uh, I have a school age kid, and uh, they sent us these ominous email that our our son better take home all personal property and make sure his Chromebook is 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 charged and in his possession almost as if at any point he would not be allowed back in school because of like a school shutdown from the Omicron virus ripping through um, the population. So, you know, they're still using this narrative. I, I'm, I'm a little scared when the tide turns and it pulls back a little bit, what's coming next? Because with all the threats that are out there um, and all the different variants, and, and we can have different theories on where these variants are coming from and how they're popping up, but they use every single thing to then ratchet up the fear again. And I, I almost don't want them to escape as if, oh, my bad. Oh, I guess, I guess these things didn't work. Here you go, guys. All right, we're going to get back to legislating. And oh, boy, there's war in the Ukraine. Everybody look over here real quick. Look over here. Oh, China, yeah. China Olympics. Uh, uh, let's all celebrate the end of COVID and China Olympics. Woohoo! Just leave your phone at home, athletes, because uh, we don't want them breaking into your phone and spying on you. That's just it. And I think to answer your question of like, when do we know the tide's turning is when they're going to drop the narrative. And I think we're right on that verge of them dropping the narrative. I mean, so far throughout this pandemic, it kind of seems that England is always about two to three weeks ahead of where we are wow. in almost every single way. That's so a... I think within the next two to three weeks, you're going to see some re- relaxation off of this. And they're going to need a period of exactly what you're saying, but there's going to be the next thing that's going to be even bigger and more breathtaking is what I'm afraid of, right? It's almost like you have to get people now, people have become numb to the COVID narrative, in my opinion, the general here in the United States, like we're starting to get numb to it, like, okay, well, yeah, but Omicron's not that deadly, the death counts aren't really like that crazy, I mean, they've even talked about stopping to report on deaths, right? Well, you know, what's going to be the next thing. It, and, and they're going to shift the narrative to something else. And I think we see that the beginnings of that transition right now that they're switching the narrative. It's back to domestic terrorism, racists. Well, hang on, you know, hang it, on, because I'm, yeah. ter- I'm terrified. If you're telling me yeah. the UK is a couple weeks ahead, uh, the UK just sent a lot of weapons um, and a lot of support to the Ukraine. Just just this right. just this week. So if they're a couple weeks ahead of the narrative and we've got our U.S. officials in the White House talking about uh, imminent war with Russia or at least imminent attack by Russia in Ukraine, um, that's a scary next that's a scary next step that they keep rolling out Russia bad um, into the narrative. Uh, Mike, I, I heard I saw you turn off your mic. Did you have something you wanted to say? All right, Mike didn't. Well, okay. Yeah, we're starting to see where the CDC is starting to say, oh, maybe these do affect your immune system, and they're not really protecting. So I think that's the turning point when CNN is admitting that the tests aren't really valid. Yeah, and, you, and you've seen that. They've said uh, on CNN, they've said tests... 
I mean, it's it's so silly, right? Information that we've had throughout, and even using CDC and VAERS reporting, even using CDC and VAERS reporting, CDC will put out data, and then uh, Rochelle Walensky will come out and say something completely counter. Or somebody will say something off the rails, and Rochelle Walensky will go and correct them. It's, it's, it's this, uh, I think— um, Brett Weinstein, uh, Poetic Math was telling me about Brett Weinstein talking about this, just complete chaos and convolution of data. And therefore, nobody nobody can say anything definitively, um, and yet nobody can refute anything. Nobody can make any claims either way. And so they just march forward with their official narrative. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could be intentional to keep uh, contradicting themselves to keep people in a state of anxiety. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming in for the Hanging with Hippie. We are going to have to grow this audience, but I sure do appreciate the people that come in each week. And um, we're gonna we're gonna keep building this. This is only episode three, and um, we we continue forward. What I wanted to end with. Let's see if I can get this. Uh, let's see if I can get this actually going in on my soundboard because I do think that it's good to go back and watch every once in a while something that is so it's so important. And I think this. This was a moment when Jonathan Isaac was speaking. And nope, I didn't have it fixed. So so there we go. I'll try to get that figured out so someday I can have my computer uh, producing uh, content while we do these Hanging for Hippies. Who knows? Maybe I won't even put this out into a podcast, but um, I thank you guys for being here. Every Wednesday, 717, if you want to check out uh, my Conservative Hippie podcast, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more episodes in the near future. All you got to do is go to theconservativehippie.com. I've also got a channel on uh, Telegram. It's conhip on Telegram, C-O-N-H-I-P. And I'm out of here, and I thank you guys very much for joining. Let's be friends. We're all on this cosmic spaceship together. Subscribe and share the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Visit our sponsors, SmokeAndJays.com. Everything for your smoke and lifestyle. StonerHoroscopes.com. Adora Zen dishes cosmic vibes for the stoner at heart. KickFromTheSpot.com. Soccer is American.